1: This episode of the Power Ranking Show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports. Football, basketball, baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and the easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games that are available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, bet online, where the game starts.
0: Nicely done. And as the voice of at Marcus underscore Mosher. This is the Power Rankings podcast, a.k.a. the Power Rankings show on BELIEVE and Brinks. And uh, Marcus, we are, are talking a little uh, preseason football, but I need to ask you, I mean, you're going to this uh, convention at mm-hmm. the Hall of Fame. Are you uh, a little bit stoked about it?
1: Oh, I can't wait. It's the Fantasy Football uh, Expo out in Canton, Ohio. So much fun. So if you're in the area or you want to come here, uh, we talk a little bit about Dynasty. Come on. Come on by. It's, it's a lot of fun. Do you hope to get inducted into the Fantasy Football Hall of Fame? You know, I never thought of that as a goal, but now that you mentioned it, absolutely yes. Is that a real thing? Yeah, it's okay, a real thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm in.
0: A couple people you know are in the Fantasy uh, Football Hall are of Fame. Are you in it? No, I'm oh, not in it. Oh, but a couple of people we know are in it. I see. I thought. I thought for sure this would be like a goal. I'm. 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 I'm shocked at this. Uh, so, are you guys? I'm curious because you're going to be talking with all these people in the fantasy industry. Uh, are you guys really going to be comparing notes on the preseason? Because our last podcast, if you guys didn't catch it, we talked about really how much does the preseason matter? Because that's kind of become our new branding. Thanks to Marcus, is like, does everything matter? Um, but I'm serious I'm curious how much um as, as from a fantasy perspective not from a real football perspective how much does the preseason matter like how much because that really relates to what we're
1: going to be talking about today it it really doesn't matter all that much and in fact I think if you just ignore the preseason for the most part your fantasy teams will typically be better off because what I tend to see is people overreact to somebody who has one or two nice plays. Uh, so I tried not to put too much stock in the preseason. Having said that there's going to be a couple times this weekend where I sneak away to the hotel bar to watch preseason football while all the other events are going on.
0: Right. Well, so after Marcus and I did our podcast <laughs> on, um, I don't even want to tell you guys what Marcus has done in preparation for this weekend or what he hasn't done. I'm debating. Let's just say Marcus values his football cards a lot more than other things. So, uh,
1: that's really you know, bad. That's at, at, fine. what's that? Sounds really bad, but that's fine. It's kind of yeah. true.
0: Okay. So if you're at the bar and you order your, you know, whatever, your raspberry teeny um, and you're watching the the preseason games, I know because we talked on the phone about this a little bit that there's some first round draft picks from this past draft that you're curious to see play now who knows how much action they'll get this week. Maybe it's more next week, but we talked about some guys and you made a list here, right? Of, of mm-hmm. the eight first round draft choices that you are most curious to see. Uh, is it just week one action or
1: just preseason altogether? Just, just throughout the preseason. And we're going to start at number eight with Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers, the, the number one pick up. Uh, I didn't just want to see how small he looks out on the field, right? Like that was the biggest knock on Bryce young going. Number one is can you have a five foot, 10, 190 pound franchise quarterback? I don't know. I, I, I love watching him. I I just want to see like, does he look really small compared to everybody else on the field?
0: You know, I know when Russell Wilson came in the league, uh, there was a lot of talk about that. And I think his measurements got a little bit inflated But what you saw Russell Wilson do a lot was backtrack even farther uh, from the line of scrimmage. And even another quarterback who I wouldn't say is short, but certainly one of the shorter quarterbacks out there was Drew Brees. And he would Mm -hmm. always kind of croon to try to see or crane, his neck to try to see, you know, down the field. And so you wonder if that's going to be an issue. And with Russell Wilson, what I noticed a lot of times is he put his tackles in a really bad spot because he would retreat, retreat, retreat. And as a tackle, you're taught to push the pass rusher if they rush too aggressively up the field, just push them further, you know, back, but you can't do that if your quarterback is going, you know, and do a basically a 12 step drop instead of a seven step drop. Do you see Bryce Young having any, have you seen anything on his college tape that shows that he would drop a little too deep trying to see over his line?
1: No, actually I think he does the opposite. I think he tries to step up and he, he really tries to get as close as the line of scrimmage as he can. He's really good about finding, Little passing lanes. But again, I know that's the SEC and I know that's at Alabama. It's a little different when you get to the NFL and you don't have all American offensive linemen all around you. So that's just one of the little things I want to see is how does he handle pressure? Is he still able to, to find little windows to throw the ball through? I think we'll get a good idea this week in the preseason.
0: Well, I tell you what's interesting about that real quick is that when you step up in the pocket and you're that close to the line of scrimmage, it actually does a few things for you. Number one, you shorten the distance of your throw. Uh, You're able to see the creases a little bit easier. And also, you don't take big hits Mm -hmm. uh, because no one's getting a running start on you. The only thing is you could easily get swallowed up and that can be a little bit dangerous uh, from an injury standpoint. But I I mean, I understand the, the reason for him doing that. I see number seven, we've got LA Chargers. Who are we talking about? Quentin Johnson, uh, the the,
1: the wide receiver that they drafted in the middle part of the the 20s. I thought that offense looked really slow last Mm -hmm. year. Keenan Allen's in his 30s. I believe Mike Williams turns 30 this year. Austin Eckler's getting up there in age a little bit. Johnson's going to provide some athleticism and speed to this offense. My only question is, how far away is he in the rest of his game? Because he's not a supernatural receiver but if the Chargers want to make that next step, they're going to need Johnson to be a big part of their passing attack. I'm just curious to see how Kellen Moore uses him in the preseason. What was his 40-ton? 4-5-2.
0: Okay. It's always – so that's not exactly a burner. I mean, 4-5-2 is, is quick. Now, there's no question about it. But it's always interesting to me also to see guys when they play in the preseason, especially like a wide receiver, and that's why I'm mentioning this now, is that – Does their speed that they had in college football or that they were measured at actually translate in the NFL when they don't necessarily have the confidence about what they're doing? You know, you run faster when you're either running away from someone or you're confident about what you're doing. When you're unsure of yourself, you're going to be slower. And and wide receiver is one of the, I think, the easiest positions to see that out on the field, whereas corner – they they may be extremely fast, but they're reacting to everything. You never really get an idea for how fast a corner is unless he's in pursuit. So, uh, just an interesting little sidelight there. Uh, number six, we got the Detroit Lions. They had two first round picks. Which one are we talking about? We're going with Jameer Gibbs, back. the running back that yeah. picked at
1: number 12. Of course. Man, it's only going to take a player to get people really excited about Gibbs. I, I Again, I'm not so worried about him in the receiving game because I think he's going to be an awesome receiver. I just want to see how they're using him as an actual runner. Are they doing a lot of wide zone stuff? Are they using him on draws? And, or are they just using him as, you know, hey, we're going to let him be a full-time back, let him run between the tackles. I just want to see how he looks in this offense.
0: What's also funny about this one, though, to me, is that you, as much as you're down on off-the-ball linebackers, you love the linebacker they took in the first round. Jack Campbell. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you're always saying, like, this guy was clearly head and shoulders above everybody else. So I find that interesting. I, you know, at least on downs one and two, I think his game should be able to translate pretty right. well. Um, what you really want to see, I think, from a rookie off-the-ball backer is how well they can do in in the coverage game. Um, because when they ask these guys to blitz, sure, some guys are better at it than others, but basically a lot of times you're just shooting gaps. I think pass coverage is really where this guy's going to make his money or not uh, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five, we've got the Baltimore Ravens. They're hoping to compete uh, this year. They're, I think they consider themselves contenders.
1: How much of that hinges on their first-round pick? A lot. I think they're really relying on Zay Flowers to bring them a spark on offense because mm-hmm. I don't know how much you can trust Odell with his injury history Rashad Bateman's injury history is somehow worse than Odell's. Uh, and then they they just don't really have a lot of speed on this offense outside of Zay Flowers. The good thing is he's been absolutely dominant in camp, camp. And anybody that's been in Baltimore has said how great he's looked. just want to see it translate to the preseason. I want to see him catch a couple of balls in space, make some guys miss. If he can be a productive rookie receiver, and I'm talking about like 600, 700 yards, I'm going to be all in on this Baltimore offense here's a guy there you that go. If <laughs> yeah
0: I do like I that Collinsworth story. impression like here's a guy that if he makes it the excuses are kind of up aren't they i mean for this group aren't they i like it when he asks the questions yes. of all of us a like we can answer <laughs> yes yes but actually in all seriousness a wide receiver as a rookie has historically been a tough position Marcus uh Chris Collinsworth that we're talking about. One of the better rookie wide receivers mm-hmm. in NFL history had over a thousand yards and helped the Bengals get to the Super Bowl. Super exciting player, good out of the gate. If say Flowers could be like Collinsworth, have over a thousand yards, I think Collinsworth had eight, nine touchdowns as a rookie. That kind of production, you think the Ravens are legit?
1: Oh yeah, I, the Ravens with Lamar Jackson under center have the second best winning percentage of any team in the NFL, only behind the Chiefs if Lamar stays healthy and they've got competent receivers, why can't they win the AFC North and win 13 games this year and be a number one or number two. See, I, I, I think that's certainly in the realm of possibilities. I think Ravens
0: at Kansas city would be a very fun AFC championship Heck game. Yeah. Actually. Yes. Uh, let's go over to the NFC champion clean uh, cleanup here. Uh, the Eagles didn't get a lot out of their first round pick last year. His defensive tackle wasn't at Jordan Davis last mm-hmm. year from UCLA. Uh, what about this year? Is it going to be different?
1: It's his teammate. It's uh, it's Jalen Carter from Georgia. Um, can't wait to see what Jalen Carter looks like on this defense, especially considering he's probably going to be on the second team for the the Eagles, right? Because they still have Fletcher Cox. They they have some other really good interior rushers. If you have Jordan Davis and and Jalen Carter again, on your second team in the preseason when the offensive line play is already really poor, I think those guys are going to absolutely dominate. I know a lot of people had Jalen Carter as the best player in the draft class, but after a really rocky combine, or excuse me, a pro day performance and some of the off the field stuff, he slides down to number nine. I just want to see what kind of shape he is. He, he's in. It, does he look like the player that we saw two years ago at Georgia, or is he still... Fighting off some of that bad body weight that I know all of us have, but he had a lot of it uh, during his pro day. I I I just can't wait to see him on the field.
0: Yeah, when and look, I'm not the draft guy. You are, but but when this guy has been fit and ready to go, his athleticism has been pretty much marvelled at, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, for
1: for a guy his size, I, I think you, thing- compar- you compare him to like a more explosive. Jeffrey Simmons for the Titans, like somebody that can be uh, that's scary a game wrecker.
0: Because Jeffrey Simmons is already kind of there. But what I was going to say is this is another good example when you have a guy like this who uh, does have supreme athleticism when they're right, but then you see them in a preseason game and they don't really know what they're doing, they're struggling. Um, that athleticism becomes mitigated very, very quickly. And so that's why I always enjoy seeing kind of the super athletes or the guys that people gushed over because man, when you don't know what you're doing out there, you're not confident. You don't look like the same athlete. It's, it's just one of those things. Uh, The mental part of the game does affect the athletic part of the game. Okay. Uh, Boy, I just talk about stating the obvious, right? Let's go to number three, the Houston Texans. Um, I think it's obvious that this team, terrible segue needs, major production out of their top picks uh this is a team that that has needed some sexiness wouldn't you just say the texans need a big dose of sexy are they going to get that from their first round pick which one
1: i think that's the tricky one right like so yeah well well,
0: i know which i know which one they wanted to get it from i'm trying to tee you up but yeah clearly the quarterback
1: but right let's
0: let's hit both
1: yeah for me it's willie anderson right because i yes we're all excited to see cj stroud but Willie Anderson, in my opinion, was the best player in this draft. I I just think he had the the highest floor and the highest ceiling. The Texans gave up a ton to go get him. Not only did they give up the number 12 pick, they also gave up their first round pick in next year's draft and a second round pick in this year's draft. They need Willie Anderson to be a superstar right away, like right now. And I have no doubts that he's going to do it. I just want to see. How quickly does it translate to the NFL field? Is he somebody in these preseason games that's unblockable against backup offensive tackles? He better be, if not, that could look like a really, really bad trade for the Texans, even if Willie Anderson does turn out to be a Pro Bowl player.
0: Right. But if you if you can get, you know, he doesn't need to be a Pro Bowl player as a rookie. But if he's a strong looking player, gets seven and a half sacks, is decent against the run and clearly shows tremendous upside and he gets better as the schedule goes on. And you get uh, a lot more from CJ Stroud than you got from Davis Mills. And that's a success. And that's what this team needs. It needs a, as you call it, a game wrecker on defense, and it needs a franchise quarterback. So I think the Texans, and of course the Texans got arguably the sexiest head coach hire I, some people will say Sean Payton. I actually think D'Amico Ryans was the most sought-after coach. Uh, this will be a really interesting development. So I'm, I'm with you on this one all day. I could see this one being number one. Uh, we're not there yet, though. Let's go to number two. You got the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, the Bills, like the Ravens, a super serious contender uh, in the AFC. What are we looking at?
1: Yeah, so the Bills traded up for Dalton Kincaid, a tight end out of Utah, in the first round of this draft. Uh, And they really need him to be a playmaker because they didn't bring in anybody else to help Josh Allen in this passing attack. Obviously, they still have Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis. But they really need that player over the middle of the field that can pick up a third and five You know, in a key playoff game. I think Dalton Kincaid can do that. However, Elliot, and you know this better than anybody, that rookie tight ends generally don't have a lot of success in the NFL. I think it's too rookie tight ends ever have had a thousand yards in their first season. And it's Mike Ditka and Kyle Pitts. They don't need Kincaid to be a thousand yard receiver. They just need him to be a reliable option in year one. And I want to see him on the field. Yeah, Mike Ditka
0: did that in 61 and 14 games when like a good passing season was 2,500 yards. It's kind of crazy to think about. Uh, Have you ever seen the film of Ditka against the Steelers that year when he breaks like eight tackles on an 80 every
1: day? It's great.
0: That that play is a, still one of the greatest. That might be the greatest tight
1: end play I've ever seen. It's certainly up there. Um, so, is it better than Gronk's catch against the Colts on the Sunday night football game? Yes. That's a pretty good yeah. one, though.
0: Yeah. Um, now, when we talk tight end games, I'll go. Uh, there's some Gronk games that are huge, like against Washington 2011. I'll go Kellen Winslow against Miami uh, all day long in the 81 playoffs. Kellen Winslow Sr. I wanted to ask you about another tight end, though. Uh, Dawson Knox, do you feel like he did not provide this for the Bills last year?
1: No, Buffalo rewarded him with a massive contract before the year last year. Mm -hmm. And he was better, but he wasn't what they needed. They needed somebody who was reliable. That's just not Dawson Knox as a receiver. He's a good blocker, but doesn't create a lot of separation. His hands are very iffy. That's the total opposite of Kincaid, who can get open at will and has reportedly not dropped a single pass in Buffalo's camp yet.
0: But these guys help each other, though, yes. uh, in, yes. in, in the sense that if Dawson Knox is going to be required to block more, but when you're... I know that Bill Parcells, when he drafted Anthony Fasano, a lot of people were hemming and hawing about that because the Cowboys already had Jason Witten. What was that? Was that the 05 or 06 draft? 06 because it was oh, Bobby six, Carpenter,
1: right. Fasano, Skyler Green, <laughs> yeah. a couple
0: of picks later. Oh, boy. I hope the Texans don't uh, end up like Bobby Carpenter and Anthony Fasano with their yeah. double first-round picks, but... And- yeah. I remember Bill Parcells saying, look, man, I, I like a guy that's tough that can block and I want to be able to play too tight. And, and you not always know what the strong side is now. Granted offense is a little bit different now. And Fasano did not turn out to be a great player, but he had a really solid NFL career. And mm-hmm. if Dawson Knox can be solid and Kincaid uh, <laughs> plays like Jason Witten, then this bill's team could win the super bowl uh, very Absolutely. easily because they, they've been right there. So I'm with you on that. Let's go to number one. I, I am really curious to see this guy as well. So I have no issue with this pain, number one.
1: Yeah, so Shane Steichen today actually announced that Anthony Richardson is going to be starting in the first preseason game. And they said he could potentially play the entire first half. And I think he needs – he just has not played a lot of football in high school or college. But I think the Colts know that they need him to get up to speed as quick as possible. They need to kind of get through some of these growing pains if they're going to want to compete with – Trevor Lawrence in the division with all the other great quarterbacks in the AFC. I just want to see how far away is Anthony Richardson. Is this a, is this like Josh, Josh Allen as a rookie where, man, you just know it's, you know, he's probably going to be under 55% completion percentage, or is it like Cam Newton thing where he comes in and surprises everybody and he's a way better passer than any of us anticipate. Uh, Richardson's preseason performance is the one I'm going to have my my eyes on.
0: So I wonder if Steichen and and also the Colts front office, if they are looking at data that because you talk about a lot how Anthony Richardson automatically by his presence is going to help the running game. And something we've talked about on the podcast a lot about having to play 11 on 11 on defense when you're worried about the quarterback, when you're worried about a Justin Fields beating you running the ball. I wonder if they're looking at this in regards to their own running back situation right now. Like, do we need a big time running back to succeed with Anthony Richardson in the run game? Because I think it's been borne out that you don't not with a
1: quarterback that is really dangerous. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would a hundred percent agree. And I think Shane Steichen can look at his running back stable from the last couple of years in Philadelphia, when it was mm-hmm. miles Sanders on a rookie contract, there was Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell, Like, they just haven't needed that premier guy. And that's not to say that they don't want Jonathan Taylor back, because obviously they do. But I don't think Shane Steichen in that front office is rushing out to give him a bunch of money until they see what the offense looks like with Anthony Richardson.
0: It's too bad they're not playing the Giants this year, because maybe Steichen could designate one of his running backs to destroy the Giants the way he did with Boston Scott. It's the most unusual thing. Like, Boston Scott (laughs) has, like, as many touchdowns against the Giants as he does every other team
1: in the league. This is my favorite game. Like name a player that just had unreal performances against one certain team. Like T Y Hilton destroyed the Texans. Anytime yes. he ever played them. Right. Mine yeah. it would be like Santana Moss destroyed my Cowboys. Anytime he ever played them. So I'm sure you could think of examples like this.
0: Well, I tell you, uh, Eli Manning, I thought destroyed the Cowboys in a lot of games. Uh, I always thought he played better against Dallas. So he had, he had some stinkers too. Cause he played for such a long time, but I think the T.Y. Hilton versus the Texans is a great call. Didn't yeah. he have three touchdowns on like a Sunday night game? Yeah. I remember a Thursday night game where they had to convert like a fourth down and Matt Hasselbeck had to start for the Colts mm-hmm. and he threw a 40-yarder to T.Y. Hilton. Um, yeah, that's that's actually a really, really good call. I'm curious, if you gave me, so if you go back over these eight here, give me one line on the most important thing
1: for each guy. Let's start with, with uh, the Panthers at number eight pocket presence i want to see how bryce young navigates the pocket despite being as small as he is
0: okay the uh, chargers right down right on down the line
1: yeah i want to see how kellen moore uses quentin johnson is it out of out of, out of the slot is that as, as the x receiver do they use him out of the backfield his usage usage is going to be really important for me and then jameer gibbs is he an all-around running back or is he just a scat back uh, it, oh boy, the
0: Ravens, this is so interesting to me. I do are the Ravens finally I mean, I'm, i I want to answer this one. Do the yes. Ravens finally have a number one wide receiver. Exactly I mean, that's really all, all it's all it's about, uh, Philadelphia. Would you say it's, it's simply getting more out of this year's
1: first round draft pick on the defensive line than they got last year. Yeah. And what is Jalen Carter's motivation level? Is he going to, is he out to prove everybody wrong that, you know, mm-hmm. Hey, I shouldn't have fallen to number nine or is this kind of a, just who he is?
0: Big loss in hard grave too. We yeah. should say that. Okay. What's it for Will Anderson in and the Texans?
1: Can you be dominant right away? I know he's going to be a good player, but can you be the Michael Parsons where you come in and have an instant impact on that defense? I'm curious to see.
0: Uh, Don Kincaid. Is it, is it a number?
1: Like, are we looking for 700 yards receiving? Is it postseason football? Is he a clutch player? Like is he the guy that you can rely on consistently to move the chains or is he just, you know, a complimentary piece in the offense? I think I'm going to have to answer number
0: one because this is to me, is the post Andrew Luck era merry go round over? Hmm. Finally. Yep. I mean, how many different, what they started with, it was first, it was Jacoby Brissett, right? Mm-hmm. In 19. Then was it Philip Rivers in 2020? Philip Rivers in 2020, who I actually didn't
1: think right. it was too bad.
0: No, no, no. I thought he played really well. I know it's Matt Ryan in 2022. Why am I
1: spacing on who was? Cuz it's our coach? guy Carson Wentz in 2021. <laughs> yeah, 2021,
0: right. Oh my gosh. Well, then we had so, we
1: also had a uh, oh, who was the quarterback that we had last year that was so bad from uh Texas. Not, ja-
0: not Jacoby Eason. <laughs> not
1: Jacob Not Jacob Eason. It was not Jacob Eason. Uh,
0: that was a I, I, just
1: I wanted can't to bring remember. that one back. I'm sorry. I can't remember. Oh, name. oh,
0: oh, uh, he was uh, more of
1: a runner, but he was just so oh, bad. Yes. talk <laughs> on it. Uh, I can't think uh, of I'm, it. I'm go, I'm Googling it right now. Uh, uh, yeah. It's Sam Ellinger. I found it. Sam
0: Ellinger. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I, I'm so disappointed
1: in yeah. myself. I, you thought I would be able to get that one, but
0: yeah. Jacoby slash Jacob And I think he played against Miami early in the year. I
1: I also forgot another one. Yeah. We had Nick Foles for two games last
0: year. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. Sweet. Sweet. Look, let's not start getting into Curtis Painter territory. Uh, we here. had
1: Brian Hoyer for a game in 2019.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Painter is going way back. I'm just saying. Not way back. Almost like beat the Steelers
1: on a Sunday night football game.
0: Do you remember, a little trivia here. Do you remember 2011 when they didn't have Peyton Manning? Okay. They had Curtis Painter. Do you remember who started a handful of games for him that year? In 2011, uh huh. Do you remember the Colts starters at quarterback?
1: Yeah, Dan Orlovsky started a couple of games for them. That,
0: that's correct. That's and correct.
1: then uh, I, Kerry Collins started a couple of games. For them yeah, as well. you
0: got yes, correct. I remember we did a Thursday night game. I think it was Thursday. Night. It was an NFL Network game, and I used to be on the show called NFL.com Live. And uh, humble brag. We did
1: a. We, what's that? It's a little humble brag. It's fine.
0: Oh. You know, we couldn't show the entire game on NFL.com because we wanted people to subscribe to NFL Network. So we could show 70% of the game, then he'd come out to studio. And they kept coming out to studio to ask about this Colts-Texans game we were watching. And Orlovsky, uh, I think, hit Reggie Wayne in the end zone. I think, I think the Colts won the game. They called J.J. Watt for a roughing the passer where Orlovsky basically ducked into the helmet-to-helmet. Remember that kind of call where the quarterback ducks? Oh, it was such an ugly game and having to keep going out to set. Like, hey, so what have you seen from
1: Colts Texans? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, that 2011 Colts team had one of my favorite players in NFL history on it. Pierre Garçon. Uh, yeah, from Mount, yeah. Mount Union, only like an hour away from me. Uh, good player. He had a That's great that. season with Washington in like 2013.
0: He did. Actually, he was awesome. Uh, As exciting as that is, I'd, I'd like a better final thought. Can we have a better final
1: thought? Yeah. I Just a reminder to everybody, do not overreact to what you see in the preseason. The practices matter way more because you just get such a bigger sample size. A lot of the times these teams are working on certain plays. They're just working on getting the play call in. What you see in the preseason really doesn't matter all that much unless it's just so against what you've seen, or it's just such a glaring issue or a problem for a team, just remember, don't overreact.
0: Yeah, we talked about fantasy earlier. Uh, these guys are interesting from a dynasty standpoint, I, I think, because you're going to have them for several years. Mm-hmm. And I, I mentioned this uh, sometimes in our podcast, but Marcus hosts a podcast, Locked On Dynasty. Uh, and so if you are doing your last-minute fantasy drafts, I shouldn't say last-minute, wouldn't be last-minute, but I know there are a lot of fantasy drafts going on. Go over there to Locked On. Check out that podcast. You're on, what, two out of the four shows yeah. a week, yep. I think? Yep. And then, of course, as we always talk about, he does Locked On Cowboys with Landon McCool, and he writes for Pro Football Focus. He covers the Raiders for USA Today, Raiders Wire, and he'll be at the Fantasy Football Expo uh, in Canton, Ohio. He's at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. I'm at HarrisonNFL on Twitter. We thank the good folks at Believe, Brinks, and, of course, Bet Online. and we thank all of you. Have a great week, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.